So my wife said that I'm not allowed to preach with my Rasta hat because she said you won't take me serious. So I'll take it off. Um, but I just want to say now the pressure's on you to take me serious. <laughs> but I've got my Bible, so that helps normally. Um, but friends, like Marielle said, that's okay. <laughs> Like Marielle said, welcome to Reach Week, welcome to, to Missions Month. Um, this is something that we're extremely passionate about, and tonight we're going to delve into a portion of Scripture. We're going to um, get an opportunity to respond to what God is saying to us about the nations. We're going to be hearing some feedback from, um, from our church planters in other nations. But um, I do believe that God is going to come and stir something in our lives. Like we've had COVID now for a while, all right? Um, and some people have been impacted deeply by COVID. Some people um, have gone through a lot of heartache, maybe lost people that you've loved through COVID. And I think there's this space where we can become so focused on where I'm at. Um, like Marielle said earlier, that yes, we know that we're, we're on a mission, but man, I'm just trying to survive this week. I'm just trying to get through today. Um, and that's a real challenge. Um, and I trust that throughout tonight and the rest of this month that God will bring those two realities together, that you as a person are going through stuff, but at the same time, God is calling us to go to the nations. Um, and that looks different to, to different people. Um, so before we continue, I'd like to pray for us. Father, I pray tonight that you'll come and minister to us, that you'll come and speak to us, that you'll come and open up the word to us, I pray, Lord, that you'll shift our hearts, Lord, not in line with a, a mission statement or um, a goal or a project or um, a statistic, Lord. I pray that you'll shift our hearts towards you, that our hearts will be in line with you, that our hearts will be positioned with you, that our lives will be positioned with you where you are, we want to be, because we know, Lord, that is the best place for us. In your presence, in your will, that's the best place for us to live, Lord, amidst the circumstances. doesn't matter what's happening in our lives or in our emotions. To be in the will of God is the best place for us. And we pray for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So our theme for, for Reach Week um, is Awesome God, Awesome Mission. Now, for those of you who are maybe new to church, new to every nation, Reach is our vehicle by which we plant churches and campus ministries in all the nations. So currently, every nation is in around about 80 countries. We are trusting God that we'll have a disciple-making church in every nation in the world. Um, and REACH is our mandate as Southern Africa, East Africa, um, and then also including Europe and beyond. All right? So that's the goal. We want to reach the nations. So we're on this awesome mission because of an awesome God. You guys are so clever. Um, but we do have a mission statement that basically reflects all of this. So if you go to the next slide, we exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. So that's not the name of the church, that's the nations. All right. That's a joke. All right. You are, you are allowed to laugh at my lame jokes. Um, that's our mission statement. And I remember when I started becoming part of Every Nation back, I was exposed to Every Nation in 2009, started becoming part of the church in 2010. This mission statement wasn't necessarily something that has been um, 
like a vocabulary that was so evident everywhere back in 2010. We had a vision statement back then that said something else. But this is the mission statement globally for every nation. And there's something in this mission statement that spoke to my heart and said, but I want to be part of this. I want to be part of what God is busy doing in the world. That when I got born again in 2006, when I had an encounter with God, there was this thing in my heart to say that, God, I cannot live just for myself. There's a book by John Bevere called Driven by Eternity. And if you want to challenge your faith, go and read that book. But a big story of that um, book is basically that if you were to compare your life to eternity, it's like having 24 hours in comparison to a million years. And if your next 24 hours was to impact what your million years would look like, where would you put the, the majority of the focus? On the million years, right? You'd be willing to make short-term sacrifices in 24 hours so that you can have long-term benefits in a million years. And that concept stuck with me, that we're here for a short period of time and then for eternity. And God stirred something in my heart that I want to live a life that counts for eternity. And that almost asks of us to make some short-term sacrifices for the sake of eternity. And this mission statement is something that put words to things that were alive in, in my heart. But there is a very important word. If you go to the next slide. No, not the video, the next slide. Right. Well, they sort out the side. The mission statement starts with we. Everyone say we. If you say it twice, you are in France. We, oui, we. Oui. <laughs> All right, guys, um, the language lessons are for free today. So, we, we exist. This is a together thing. Um, and, and we get to be busy with things together as the church. And that is something that is incredibly exciting to me. That this is not something that I just got to try and figure out on my own. I'm not a Christian on an island and I've got this plan of God for my life. No, we are added to the body of Christ. We are added to the local church so that we can do something together. So that we can make an impact together. So that together we can see the nations reached. Now, what are we busy with at the moment? And here you can just follow me, Michael. The next slide. So currently, this is what we are busy with as Every Nation Tuane. So we form part of a bigger group of churches in the city of Tuane. We are Highfelt, and then we're Tuane. All right. So as Tuane, currently we have church plants in Sanin and Groblersdal, and we are dreaming about Emela Gleni, or Witbank, Bethlehem, Venda. In Africa, we've got Mozambique and Uganda. One back. Uh, and the other side back. Yes. Um, and then we are dreaming about Rwanda. Then in Europe, we've got Netherlands and Croatia. And then we're dreaming about Portugal and Ireland. Some of you know that you don't need a Schengen to go to Ireland. Because we're going to flood that nation with missions, right? All right. Um, so that's what we're busy with. If you go to the next slide, it gives us a little bit of more detail. Um, and there we can see, so the purple ones in Bombela, Bloemfontein are established. Then we've got the bluer ones that are basically in progress. And then orange, that is the dream. Next slide. Uh, Maputo in Mozambique is established. Kampala. And then we've got Rwanda that we're dreaming about. And then the last one, we've got Croatia um, in Zagreb. And then Utrecht in the Netherlands. And then we're dreaming about Ireland and Portugal. 
So we are busy doing this together. There's no way that one person or even one church would be able to accomplish a mission to change the world. Um, not even us collectively as every nation globally have the ability to accomplish the mission to reach the nations. God has called the church, not just every nation, the church to reach the nations. So now we can show you the video from Malawi. Great leaders, uh, this is James, uh, a lead church planter here in Malawi. Uh, I joined every nation uh, in 2009 when I was uh, a gardener uh, around every nation midland. So I got discipled, I got saved, uh, and I started making disciples uh, to my local uh, community uh, around uh, midland, uh, South Africa, where I was there. Then in 2013, uh, I decided uh, to quit uh, to quit my job, and I left for my nation Malawi, so that uh, my also, uh, my nation also uh, my fellow uh, citizens are to be uh, uh, discipled. So I started making disciples uh, there in Blanta, uh, and in 2014 uh, the new uh, church plant was born, and now we have uh, almost nine. Uh, local churches in eight districts, uh, and uh, we see lives being transformed. Uh, we see uh, uh, progress. Uh, those churches, they're also growing uh, due to discipleship, uh, and uh, leaders uh, are also emerging. And uh, we are trusting God for uh, three church plants, so help us in prayer uh, for that one. And also, uh, this is one of the churches we have. Uh, this, uh, the bricks are burning uh, so that we we'll, uh, build a church. Bayan as well, I also trust in God for uh, church building. And Malawi as a nation, we also don't have uh, a car yet. We're also trusting God for that one. And also uh, a, a venue for uh, our campus. East Africa for Jesus. Come on. So follow that story, right? A gardener that someone reached out to started discipling him. God spoke to him and said, the story went like this. He said, is there a church like this in my nation? And they said, no. It's like, then I need to go home because I need to have a church like this in my nation. So he went home, started reaching out, started making disciples. And then how many churches? Nine churches planted and they're trusting for a couple more. What has God called you for? What has God called you for? Yes, not all of us are called to be lead church planters, but what has God called you for? Where you are positioned right now, the place where God has put you, whether it's in campus, in a school, whether it's as a lawyer or an accountant, whatever, what has God called you for? What is the purpose of God that needs to be unlocked over your life? So how do we do this? Three things, and I'll touch on this a little bit later as well. We pray, we give, we go. This is how we do it together. All of us can pray. All of us can give towards missions and church planting and seeing the nations reached. And all of us can go, maybe not permanently, but you can trust God to go on a 10-day mission. You can trust God to start going on a place where you maybe position yourself outside of your comfort zone. And maybe that Saturday, outreach Saturday, is where you need to start. To say, God, I'm willing to make myself available to go. Friends, we have no clue what God has got in store for us until we take that first step. So God, I'm willing to step into that space to make myself available to go. So why? Back to the mission statement. 
We exist to honor God. See, friends, all of this is about God. All of this is not about man. It's not about every nation. It's not about a slogan. It's not about statistics. This is about God. This is about the honor of God and how we view God, how you and I see God. All of, you, all of your life, your time, your relationships, the way you spend your finances, the way you plan your life, your holidays, how you view your current reality, the circumstances we find ourselves in, and your view of the future, whether you have hope or not, all of that is an indication of how you view God. All of your life is a reflection of how you view and relate to God. Now, we have this resource called a one-to-one, all right? Whom of you know what a one-to-one is? <laughs> all right. It's our discipleship resource, and it starts with chapter one, which is all about God, because we need to have a right understanding of who God is, because if we don't have a right understanding of who God is, we might position ourselves in a space where we try to be God. We might position ourselves in a space where we think God is someone whom He is not, and then we might see that God is not approachable when actually He is. I want to read for us a portion of Scripture from Deuteronomy 10. And then we'll take just three key points from that tonight. Deuteronomy 10, verse 12 to 22, and you can follow on the board or you can open up your Bible. It says, it starts like this, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes, which I command you today for your good. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and He chose their descendants after them, you above all peoples, as it is this day. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart, and be stiff-necked, be rebellious no longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve Him, and to Him you shall hold fast and take oaths in His name. He is your praise. He is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt with 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of the heaven. In multitude. We serve an awesome God. And in this passage, He commands us and calls us that we will serve God, love God with everything that we've got. For our God is an awesome God. For our God is God above gods, is Lord above lords. There is no one like Him. There is no one before Him. Chapter 1 of the 1 to 1 starts with this, in the beginning, God. If you open up your Bible, Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God. See, from the very beginning, God has existed. There is nothing before God. There is nothing above God. There is nothing higher than God. God is accountable to no one than Himself. It's God. And then from Himself, He created life and He created us for a specific purpose. Now, I want to touch on three things we can spend the rest of our lives just discovering more about God, His characteristics, um, His compassion, His mercy, His faithfulness, His forgiveness, all of these aspects. And if you want to know more about God, join a connect group. That's chapter one, right? That's where the, the theme or the, the, the tone is set. But I want to touch on three things. Number one, God is sovereign. 
God is sovereign. God is all-powerful. God is almighty. God is the name above all names. He is the power above all powers. The Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who is not partial and takes no bribe. See, friends, when we understand that God is sovereign, it means that no circumstance influences God. God is not influenced by what is happening in the world right now. God has a plan. God has an agenda. God has a mission that He is on. God is sovereign over the nations. And when God speaks, things come into existence. Things fall into place. Things break down at the Word of God, at the will of God, because God is sovereign over everything. Now, that should cause two things to rise up in your heart. The one is the fear of the Lord, the good, that space where you understand that one day you will stand before God and give an account of your life, every thought, every action, every intention. You will give an account to the sovereign God of the universe, of the way that you lived your life. So there should be the fear of the Lord rising up in your heart, knowing that one day you will meet this God face to face. And there is no power, there is no authority, there is no will higher than that of God. And whatever God speaks is the truth. You see, when God says something, it's not coming, it's not asking you to agree with Him so that it will be true. It's true. God is God. He doesn't need you to believe in Him to be God. He is God. He is Lord of Lords. Whether you receive Him or reject Him, He is Lord of Lords. Jesus is seated in, in heaven in the highest place. He has authority over all creation. Whether you believe it or not, He is God. And one day our lives will stand bare and naked before this God to whom all of us must give an account. But then it should also stir hope in your heart. If God is sovereign, it means that there is no sin that is too great for Him to conquer. There is no circumstance that is too great for Him to conquer. There is no distance between you and God that is too great for Him to conquer. Because this God is powerful. This God is awesome. This God is mighty. And whatever He wills, He will accomplish. No intention of man, no will of man, no agenda of government will affect the purposes of God to come into place. Because God is sovereign. And friends, that should stir hope in your heart because one day Jesus will return and He will pull us into a renewed heaven, a renewed earth, where you and I will live a life where there is no more corruption, no more sin, no more brokenness, no more death, no more sickness. It should stir a hope in your heart that regardless of what we see around us, God is sovereign. And what He spoke about in His Word will come to pass because God is sovereign. The second characteristic that we'll focus on tonight is God is holy. Revelation 15 verse 4, Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. You alone are holy God. And the holiness of God means that God is perfect and complete. He lacks nothing. He is absolutely um, free from sin. There's no brokenness, no distortion in God. There's no ill motive from God. His character is perfect. So everything that God does comes from His holiness. And holiness is the characteristic that describes or describes every characteristic of God. The way that He loves you is holy, meaning it's perfect, it's complete, it lacks nothing. The way that He forgives is holy. The way that He shows compassion, that He has mercy, is holy. God is holy. There is nothing broken within God. There is nothing within the character of God that should cause you to mistrust Him. There is nothing in the person of God that should cause you to be repelled by Him because He is He's holy. 
when you see something that is incredibly beautiful, whether it's in a museum or Dylan when he sees his wife coming down the aisle next week, there should be something in your heart that says, this is awesome. This is amazing. And you're drawn towards that which is holy, that which is perfect, that which is complete. The holiness of God should act like a magnet that pulls you towards Him. But in this lies our problem. <laughs> because we are not holy, right? When we were children, and some of you still do it today, you take magnets of the same pole, and then they resist each other, right? And then you like you try all of your strength to put them together, and then you pr- try stronger magnets, and it still doesn't work always. So even though we're supposed to be pulled towards God because He is holy, our unholiness repels us. Like we cannot be in the presence of God. We cannot get close to God. We cannot be with God because of our sin. And sin separates us from God because God is holy. And friends, we we sometimes have this popular statement where we say, God accepts you just as you are. It's not the truth. His love is there. But something needs to happen to sin in order for us to be able to enter into the presence of God because God is holy. God is holy. No sin can stand in the presence of God. But praise God for the third attribute of tonight. God is love. (laughs) God is love. Now this scripture has been the theme for the past couple of weeks as well. John 3 verse 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Praise the Lord. You see, Jesus comes and He says that I did not come to condemn the world, but I've come to give you a way out of condemnation. Apart from Me, you are full of sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They fall short of the holiness of God, fall short of the presence of God. I've not come to tell you that you are condemned. I've come to show you that there's a way out of your condemnation, a way out of your guilt. The passage continues and says, whoever believes in me is not condemned, but if you do not believe in me, you are condemned already. You see, it's not the preaching of the gospel that condemns people. It's the disbelief in the gospel that keeps you condemned. It's the preaching of the gospel that sets you free. It's the preaching and the receiving of the gospel that deals with your sin. For Jesus took the sin of the world upon himself. And then he made this massive substitute where he gave us his holiness, his righteousness, his right standing with the Father. And he took upon himself our brokenness, our sinfulness. And then he took it to the cross so that sin is dealt with, so that sin no longer needs to be a barrier between you and God. Then Deuteronomy 10 verse 18, he executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. And this is the beautiful, beautiful story about the gospel, the mission of God, is that God reaches into every single one of our lives and he deals with the issue of sin in my life, the nature of sin, not just the act of sin. Sometimes us as Christians or the church gives us this picture that if you want to be a Christian, here's your list of do's and here's your list of don'ts, and then just try and make sure that this one is Weighs out, outweighs this one. Jesus didn't come to deal with the fruit of sin. He came to deal with the nature of sin so that you'll have a new nature that now no longer desires to do sin. And as we now are transformed from the inside out, God starts to reach through us into the nations. That's the Christian calling, friends. 
that's the call of God on every single Christian, that we are transformed from the inside out, being made into the image of God, but then that God will reach through us into the nations, into your neighborhood, into that drug dealer that sells stuff on your corner, into the single mom that lives in your complex that is struggling, into this, this prostitution and the human trafficking, the orphan problem in the world that we see today. That is the Christian mission, that God reaches through us into the world. Now, if we look at the world today, the Bible says that God created the world, and He said that it is good. And then God created man in His own image, and He said it is very good. Now, when you look in the mirror, you have this um, slogan, right? Very good. How many of you do that as well? Huh? Come on, Ethan. <laughs> you see, when we're honest with ourselves, then, because um, let's be serious, right? We're much more judgmental on ourselves in secret when, than we are on other people. Like, I have a lot more compassion with others than I do have with myself. And I'm, I'm very much aware of the faults. I won't always acknowledge them, <laughs> but I am aware of them. But when we look in the world, it's, it's not difficult to see that everything's not good. When we look at people, it's not difficult to see that everything is not very good. So what's the response? What's the task? What's the mandate? What's the slogan we apply ourselves to? Matthew 28. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God's response to every area of brokenness is this. This is Jesus' final commission to the disciples. He says, I am going back to the Father. This is my task that I leave with you. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Now, what is discipleship? Discipleship is getting involved in someone's life and revealing to them who God is, revealing to them who Jesus is and what Jesus has already accomplished. You see, the gospel is good news. It's not good advice. It's not something that you still need to do. It's something that you need to respond to. And we get to share this good news with people, regardless of what their broken state looks like. We get to step into broken stories and share good news because that is the way out. That is the way towards restoration. Jesus' response to every single broken thing in society is, go and make disciples. Jesus' response to you tonight, where, where, where you may be battling through stuff in your life, whether it's personal or circumstantial, His response to you is, be discipled. Allow the Word of God to be formed and shaped in your life. We had a whole sermon series now throughout August on the Word of God, and if you missed it, please do go and listen to the podcasts. But the Word of God needs to be formed and shaped in your life so that you will be strong so that you will not succumb to every circumstance. To be discipled. When we have an orphan problem, let's make disciples. Let's be disciples of Jesus. If we go to the next slide, and, and this one is a little bit tricky. You see, when we respond to the good news of Jesus, we find ourselves living in between these two lines. The first one is being a disciple. Allowing Jesus to be shaped in your life, allowing people to get close to you and to speak into your life and to see the Word of God be formed in your life. But being a disciple is built upon the finished work of the cross, and it's built upon you being a son or a daughter of the King. There is already an assurance and an acceptance as a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
The Bible says that when we fear, then love has not been made perfect. Friends, when you become born again and you become a disciple of Jesus, you do not have to fear death. You do not have to fear judgment. You do not have to try and perform your way to maybe get to heaven one day. That is not Christianity. If you find yourself at a space tonight where if I had to ask you, if you die today, will you go to heaven? And you think, mm, I'm not sure. Um, maybe if I have more time, I can fix some stuff. Then you don't understand the gospel. Salvation is not something you can earn. And when you become born again and you become a child of God, He settles eternity forever. You are raised with Christ, seated alongside Him in the heavenly places. And then the highest rank that you could ever achieve is to make disciples, to be part of this mission with God to make disciples. And all of your life is in between those two spaces, everything, whether you're a doctor, whether you're um, a teacher, whether you are still a student, doesn't matter what your occupation is, it falls in between those two things. Jesus, help me to be a disciple, and Lord, help me to make disciples. Whenever we put something outside of that framework, we fall into a, an error. And if you look at, let's say, the way that the, the creation is put together and how they say that if there's a slight deviation with certain um, atoms or whatever coming together, then there would be a huge explosion, right? It's the same with your life and mine. When we deviate from God's design, we walk in brokenness. And unless we come to a place as Christians, as the church, to say, Jesus, the greatest thing I can accomplish with my life is not to become the CEO of a multi-billion rand company. The greatest thing I can do with my life is not to go and plant a church in a nation. The greatest thing that I can do with my life is not to make billions of money and retire comfortably. No, the greatest thing you can do with your life is to make disciples. You see, because we can even pursue things of God, but we can totally miss God. Make disciples. Make disciples where? Wherever God has placed you. We heard the story now from Malawi, a gardener responding to the call of God, being a disciple, going to his home nation, making disciples, nine church plants later. Make disciples. See, the moment we put anything else as a higher priority in your life, in this short time we have on earth, if you say, yeah, I want to make disciples, but I first want to build my career. I want to make disciples, but I first want to travel the world. I, I want to make disciples, but I first want to do this. We need to get into Scripture where Jesus says, come follow me. And then so many of them said, yeah, Lord, I want to follow you, but let me first. And Jesus didn't run after them and say, no, no, wait, let's negotiate. My no, friends, the call is clear. Let's go and make disciples. If you go back to the Scripture, one back, it says, go and make disciples, and then it ends, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Sometimes we lack the presence of God in our lives because we're not on mission with Jesus. My friends, I want to tell you something that, that I really hope gets anchored in your heart tonight. You and I face real stuff. We face real stuff. We face real disappointment. We face real heartache. We face real brokenness. We face real challenges. When you're on mission with God, I promise you that His presence will carry you through all of those moments in your life. I'm not saying that you must just ignore your challenges and sign up and join a church plant, but be on mission with Jesus. And it starts with tomorrow morning, Jesus, I want to obey you today. 
I want to hear your voice today. I want to do what you call me to do today. And tomorrow the same and the same. And when you're on mission with God, you will see Him bring peace into your circumstances. You will see Him bring peace into your soul. That even when your circumstances don't change, you have a peace that the world cannot understand. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. That's what the Scripture promises. When you you and I are on mission with God. God is on mission, friends. God is on mission. His heart is beating for those who do not know Him. And when you and I say yes to be on mission with God, He promises that He will never leave us. And you will experience the presence of God every single moment of your life. And that's not something I can manufacture. It's not something that I can say, close your eyes and quickly pretend what it will look like. No, we, we need faith. We need to step into that space tomorrow and say, Jesus, I want to be on mission with you. I want to obey you. I want to do what you call me to do. Now, before we continue, I want to create a space. Because there's no way that you'll say yes to be on mission with God before you've said yes to Him, His mission towards you. So with no music in the background, (laughs) if you're here tonight and maybe you're in the breakout room or you're online, but you know that you've not fully surrendered your life to Jesus, you've not brought your whole life into submission to the God who is sovereign, the God who is holy, but the God who so, so loves you, You've not surrendered your whole life to Him. I want you to raise your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Right. Thank you. Can I ask you to be bold, to stand? Um, And this is not to shame you, my friends, at all. Um, there's a real mission waiting out there. Someone once said that if, if, we're, if, we, if we're ashamed to stand here, we won't stand out there. <laughs> so this is not to shame you, this is to celebrate. Anyone else that wants to stand with these two incredible people and maybe in the breakout room and online, anyone else before we pray? All right, I want you to, just people that are around you, just come and lay hands on them. And the rest of the church, I want us to respond. And we're going to pray a simple prayer together. Um, because the power lies not in our prayer, it lies in what Jesus already did. Um, and if you're at home, if you're in the breakout room, pray it with us. And the rest of the church, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you as God. I acknowledge my deep need for you. You are holy. You are sovereign. You are good. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of salvation. And you are my great Savior. Forgive me for my sin. Make me a new person. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me a child of God. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. You have full control. I trust you, and I want to obey you for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Come on. Friends, if, if you prayed that and you may be in the breakout room or you're online,
Um, please do get in touch with us just on Highfield or online. We'd love to get you connected. Um, and for the, you as well, we have a small gift um, or a, we have a, a resource we'd love to give you to almost like kickstart you just in really delving deep into Scripture and seeing Scripture formed in your heart. Um, thank you for your, I wanted to say your bravery. <laughs> yeah, that's a new word. Um, yeah, come on. It's a beautiful thing um, when Jesus changes our lives. And, and I think for myself as well, like obviously you get born again, but then every, every day Jesus changes your life. Um, sometimes willfully from my end, sometimes not so willfully where he allows my circumstances to go a little bit crazy. Um, but he changes lives. Um, we're going to end tonight with a practical response to the mission to the nations. Um, so before we do that, I want us to watch this video. I'm ministry partners. We want to thank you for your continued support. I'm ministry partners. We want to thank you for your continued support in our awesome God, awesome mission, co-mission. Without your support, by praying and giving, it would not be possible for us to go. So may God bless you in abundance for your faithfulness. Hi, ministry partners. My name is Philip Pretorius. I'm the church plant leader here at Every Nation Utrecht, the Netherlands. And I want from my side to say huge, huge thank you for your continued support in our awesome God, awesome mission, commission. And it's so humbling and honoring to have people like you who come beside us and support us financially and in prayer to enable us to make disciples and raise leaders and plan churches and campus ministries in this country and that we, and we're trusting even beyond. Dear ministry partners, we want to thank you for your continued support for REACH and for our awesome God, awesome mission, vision that we have in REACH. Without you, it'll be impossible for us as churches and as every nation to pray, give and go. And we want to thank you sincerely for your support and for partnering with us. Hello our dear partners, my name is Ronald from Kampala, Uganda and I just want to thank you so much for your continued support in our awesome God, awesome mission commission and I just want to let you know that without your support it will be hard for us to pray, to give but even to go. So thank you so much, may God bless you in abundance for your faithfulness. Hola todos. It's the De Silva's here greeting you from Aputu, Mozambique. Yes, and we would like to thank you for partnering with REACH. With your continuous support, we are able to pray, give, and go. Thank you for your faithfulness to our awesome God and His awesome mission. Family, don't we serve an awesome God? And thank you for enabling us to be on this awesome mission together for the glory of His name. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for praying with us. Thank you for giving and thank you for enabling us to extend that hope to the ends of the earth. We love you and we appreciate you and we are praying for you too. Now we spoke about pray, give and go. Now those of you who are part of the church know that we, um, we, we don't take up tithes and offerings. Um, like there's no basket going around. We don't preach about money every Sunday. But when we speak about money, we do it unashamedly because God is awesome and He's worth it. He's, he's worth all of our lives. 
Um, so as REACH, as a church, the way that we get to participate in this mission to reach the ends of the earth, we pray. We pray together. Now, I want to call you as a church, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I want to call you to pray and fast with us. Marielle mentioned that your connect group leader will be sharing the, um, the REACH devotionals with you that you can work through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, Wednesday morning, 6 o'clock, we have a prayer meeting. Go to highfeld.online forward slash pray. It's online. You can do it from the comfort of your home. You don't even have to put your camera on. But pray. Um, friends, all of us are called to pray. You see, the, the, when it comes to the Christian and prayer, it's not a choice. It's something that Jesus commands us to do. So let's pray. Um, if you are not in a connect group, please do go to the info table and sign up so that you can get the detail. But also on Facebook and Instagram, you'll see the devotionals being shared as well. But let's pray, and we'll give some specific prayer direction throughout this whole month that you can engage with. But God has called us to pray. Then, secondly, we can give. Now, I want to take you through some stats quickly. The first one is just church plant realities. It costs between 50 to 90,000 rand per month to have a church planter on the ground. So depending on the size of their family and also the nation, Europe is a bit more expensive than Africa. Right, Robbie? Oh, Robbie's in the breakout room. We'll hear him now. now. Um, then permits, visas, relocation costs usually are between 30 to 90,000 rand just to get someone relocated to a different nation. Some realities going to the nations, cultural differences, language barriers, away from familiarities, Raising partners in a different nation is often very difficult as the host nation don't understand the concept. Next slide. So these are our church planters, and you'll see there at the back, there's a whole wall dedicated to them. So go and take a selfie with them, and if you know them, send it to them. But in Zagreb, we've got Hansi and Marna. Uh, here we've, in Utrecht, it's Philip and Marijke, Maputo. They've got Wesley and Yanni that are the new church plant le or the church leaders there in Maputo. In Uganda, Kampala, we've got Ronnie and his incredible team, Mike and Linda in Bumbela, and then we've got um, Lorraine and Willem in Tanin. You'll see at the back there's also the new one for Malawi. Next slide. So this is basically just to make you aware of what we're trusting God for together. So currently we are um, sowing 1.4 million rand a year into church planting and world missions. Now, our faith goal is to raise that towards 1.7 million a year. Now, you might think, so, there's no way that I can do that. Collectively, we are currently have 270 people enabling this mission to see churches and campus ministries being planted in every nation. We want to raise that to 310. Now, the next one is personal for us. Okay. Um, REACH Partnership is a faith off offering you are trusting God for to sow into the nations. It's not your normal tithe or your normal offering. It's most probably money you don't currently have or most probably money you spend on pizza or a coffee or a video game or something like that. Um, but are trusting God to provide so you'll be able to fulfill this faith promise. Next one. We, Every Nation High Felt, currently have an average of seven partners contributing 1,850 rand per month. Can we trust God that we can raise that to 15? Can we do that? Now, friends, what is a REACH partnership? There's no amount that's ascribed to that to say, if you give this much, then it counts as a REACH partnership. If you walk away tonight saying, I'm stirred in my heart to start, even as a student, and say, God, I'm going to trust you to start giving 50 rand a month 
towards, towards the nations, then it's obedience. But this is a space where you respond to what God is calling you into, to participate in something that is much, much bigger than just us. And that's the call of Christianity, that we are called to be disciples of Jesus. We are called by God to go and make disciples. And unless we're on this mission with God, something will be missing. There will be, an, there will be something that's at, um, at, not at peace or it's lacking in your, your relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying if you're not giving towards this, then you're not following Jesus. Reach is an incredible opportunity for us to sow into what God is already busy doing. God is on mission, and we get to partner with Him. So I want the hosts, um, if, I want the host just to be available. If you're sitting here tonight and you think, God, I can trust you to be part of this. Um, God is speaking to me tonight, and I want to be part of this. I want you to quickly just raise your hand. Okay, just keep your hand up so that the host can see, and then you can, they'll give you a little form, and I'll explain to you what you can do with it just now. Okay, here in the front. Anyone else that might be overlooked? All right. Now, if you're at home, um, please do send an email to info.reach at enpta.ca.za or scan that QR code on your television right now. Um, wow, I sound like one of those TV preachers. Um, let's not do that, okay. <laughs> um, Next week, we're going to continue with this theme of God calling us to be partner with His mission to the nations. And friends, to, to spend our lives for the sake of the kingdom is the best thing that you can ever do with your life. You see, at the end of your life, you cannot say, I wish I had spent more time, energy, relationships, finances for the, for the sake of the kingdom of God. It's the end. The line in the sand has been drawn. We have this one life to make a difference. We have this one life to invest into eternity for the sake of the nations, for the sake of the kingdom of God. So if you've got a form, I'd love for you, Marielle, can I ask you, um, at the end of the service, Marielle will meet you there at the info table, and she'll help you just to go through the form and to help you to fill in the details, and you can um, yeah, just give it in at the back at the info table. If you're still unsure and you maybe want to ask some questions, then please do come and speak to us. We'd love to help you navigate just Whatever it might be, whether um, you've got any questions about reach and our strategy and whatever that might be, to go into the nations. We'll spend a bit more time on this next week explaining the mission of reach, so don't miss next Sunday. All right, so let's backtrack. Together we can pray. Together we can, and together we can go. All right, what's the first place where you can start? No, on Go. Saturday the 18th, all right, come and go with us, come and be on mission with us, the moment the borders are open and it's able again, then we'll go on 10-day missions, whom of you have been on a 10-day mission, all right, whom of you had your life changed on a 10-day mission, all right, 10-day missions, it's awesome, um, that's it, my notes are finished, I want to uh, remind you just of our online platform, 
So highfield.online, if you go forward slash events, you'll be able to find all of the things happening this month as well. And we want to invite you to participate with us, starting with our prayer and fast tomorrow. Okay, it's a good time to deny the flesh. <laughs> so let's deny the flesh. Let's pray and fast together for the sake of something much greater than ourselves. Um, then next week, Sunday, we'll continue. The, the 18th, we have our Outreach Saturday with the Social Responsibility Sunday, the Campus Conference, and then that Sunday, the 26th, we'll have a Community Sunday where we'll have great relationships and friendships and food. Um, yeah, I want to end and pray for us and then just remind you of the, the photo booth that you can take a photo with at the back, have a coffee, take a look at some of the missionaries, um, and then if you want more info or just to complete the form to meet Marielle there at the info table. Let's pray. Father, even though we've spoken through statistics and we've spoken about finances and things we're trusting for, we want to just come back, Lord, to, to the very beginning, that this is all about you. All of this, Lord, is stuff that is important to us because of you. We are able to, to speak about this, Lord, and be part of this because of you. Because you are an awesome God. You were on an, an awesome mission for each and every single one of us. And through that, we are able to participate in your mission to reach the nations. We want to honor you tonight, Lord. We want to declare with our mouths that you are worthy of our lives. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our devotion. You're worthy of our obedience. And I pray, Lord, that you'll come and and stir us and speak to us in this month. Help us to hear your voice, Lord. Help us to be sensitive for where you lead us every single day. We want to be on mission with you, God. Would you show us? Would you lead us? And would your name be glorified, Lord? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.